The reason so many people catch me in bed is not that I spend more time there than anyone else, but only that between jobs, which is most of the time, my slumber hours are odd, being roughly contingent on the closing hours of taverns. In addition, it was a Saturday in the middle of July, and the brick courtyard next to my bedroom gathered all the heat it could absorb from a bright sun and shoved it through my window. I was therefore sleeping naked, without covers, when the most beautiful woman I ever met dropped in at high noon. It takes me longer to get from bed to the door than most people because I first have to strap on an intricate contrivance of cork, aluminum, and leather, which substitutes for the lower part of a right leg I contributed to the war effort. As a result, I was still nude when a soprano voice from the front room called, Anybody home? Stay where you are, I yelled, then added in a lower tone, unless you've had children and are over seventy. A girlish giggle indicated my collar was somewhat less than seventy, so I advised her to wait ten minutes while I made myself presentable. It was closer to fifteen before I accomplished this chore, including a rapid shave. I always shave before investigating female callers who get me out of bed because a bent nose and one drooping eyelid is enough handicap for a face without adding whiskers. When I finally emerged from the bedroom, I found her standing before the mantel in my front room. It is hard to describe the first impact of her beauty, and useless to try to catalog its details, for no one of her attributes would have been outstanding in a crowd of any hundred college-age girls. She was about nineteen or twenty, of average height, average slimness, average blondness of hair, and blueness of eye. Yet some wondrous alchemy combined her various average features into an effect which was shattering. Perhaps it was partly her appearance of crisp coolness in an oppressive heat, which had already begun to wilt my fresh collar, or perhaps it was simply personality bubbling within her. For the difference between prettiness and beauty is mainly a thing of poise and manner. Whatever it was, it caught me between the horns like a club, although from the advanced senility of my thirty-two years, I rarely glanced twice at women under voting age. When I finally got my mouth closed, I realized she had said something. I didn't catch that, I said. My name is Grace Lawson, she repeated. You're Mr. Moon? I think so, I said, still off-center. Sit down so you won't break. I led her to my favorite chair and released her hand only after she sat down. Have a drink? I asked, fumbling with the rye decanter, then changing my mind. No, you're too young. Smoke? I lifted the lid from my cigar humidor and dropped it on the floor. No, thanks, she said, smiling. Apparently, she was used to men stumbling over their own feet when they first met her. I said, pardon me poured breakfast into a shot glass, tossed it off, lit a cigar, and regained my equilibrium. When I took a seat on the sofa across from her, I found I could regard her without shooting any embolisms. You've come on business, I said. That's a deduction. She smiled again. She had a smile that made you want to do something about her. Nothing drastic, for she was not the bedroom-eyed type. You didn't want to take her in your arms. You wanted to pat her on the head. She asked, How did you deduce that? Elementary. Pretty girls never call on me socially.